Help keep Kinks and Beats daily ad-free and receive bonus content early with a contribution of 20 cents per episode. Visit herohabit.com slash shop for more information. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Kinks and Beats Daily. This is episode 154. I'm your host, Tony Fry. Thank you for downloading. I hope that if you're downloading this and you've subscribed, that you will leave us a five-star rating and review over on iTunes. That does help us tremendously. And if you are loving us um, a ton, consider donating $4 a month to helping us keep this podcast ad-free and uh, keeping it paid for because there are some expenses associated with producing this thing. All right. Today we are talking about A Little Bit of Emotion by The Kinks which was released July 10th, 1979 on their album, Low Budget. And if you've listened to this podcast before, um, you will know that since I've done this show, um, Low Budget is slowly climbing the ranks um, uh, among albums that I enjoy. Uh, I've always liked this album, but I've really developed a deeper respect for it um, since we've started talking about them song by song. Um, for Low Budget, the album as a whole, Ray decided to leave Conk Studio and head to New York to record it, um, which is a tactic often used by bands to find a new sound or new inspiration while recording. Uh, you know, Elton John recorded a caribou um, and named his album after it. Uh, uh, Ringo did an album in Nashville. Uh, Paul went to, uh, I forget where he went for um, Band on the Run. So this is a pretty common tactic. It gets the band out of their comfort zone and into a new room. And, you know, when you leave the country like they did here, you know, they they supposedly stayed in kind of a dumpy hotel and really, you know, kind of tried to get back to their rock and roll roots. Uh, keyboardist Gordon Edwards, who'd only joined the band a year prior, failed to show up for these sessions and was fired. But instead of hiring another keyboardist, Dave actually convinced Ray to cover the keyboard parts and Ray's a competent keyboard player. So I don't understand why he needed convincing. Um, so for the actual recording sessions, the band is essentially four pieces again with Ray, um, playing guitar and covering the keyboard duties in the studio. Obviously they would hire a regular keyboard player to go on the road and for subsequent album releases. But for this one, for, for, um, low budget, it is, a four-piece band again. This track, uh, as well as most of the tracks on this album, was recorded over a 10-day series of sessions at the Power Station in New York. Um, and then the recordings were taken back to Conk for mixing in England. And a lot of the songs on this album have a distinct American sound, probably thanks to the recording studio, um, the engineers, whatever. You know, There's a lot of aspects that go into the overall sound of a recording. Uh, and, and this song is no exception to me. This song has a very New York studio American sound. And that sometimes doesn't work for me. Sometimes it does, uh, on this tune. It's fine. I like it. Um, it's a beautiful recording, maybe a little too clean, um, particularly in the drums. Um, and that's where the, that's where you get that studio sound and that American sound is that real clean, dry uh, production. 
But with the layered acoustic guitars and the gorgeous lead fills and some sparse but perfectly placed backing vocals, the recording of this is really nice, and it's a good one to listen to on headphones, full blast. It's a, it's a nice mix. It's a really nice recording. Um, and although I like the dueling sax guitar solo, the sax, uh, might add, is the only um, musician on this album that's not a kink, are these sax um, breaks. You've got this dueling sax guitar solo. I sort of wish they would have just given Dave his moment on this track because his playing is wonderful. I mean, you expect beautiful guitar playing from Dave Davies. But the tone on his guitar, on top of the keyboard sounds and the acoustic guitars and mixed drumming, his guitar tone on on that lead break is just so good. I really wish they would have given him some more space to just have a solo instead of having the saxophone um, competing for your attention. The chords, we're not going to talk much about the chords. They're all very basic. The song is anchored in G major, pretty much revolves around the one, four, five, and six chords. One, four, five, we all know are your dominant chords, um, your most important ones. And then the sixth chord uh, in this case is an E minor. That's pretty much where the song goes. For the most part, for the bridge, he jumps to the four chord um, and then works diatonically back to G. So, you know, he jumps up to C, then comes down B, then comes down A, then comes down to G. So that's diatonic, uh, meaning it coming down as a scale instead of chromatic or anything like that. So even though it sounds like a shift in the key, it's really not too much of a modulation. Um because he never really establishes a new key. So it's all very basic stuff. And that actually is more of a testament to the song because it is such a basic and simple song. But the lyrics on this, like so many of Ray's songs, good lyrics. Um, it, it conveys the message he's trying to get out you know, wonderfully. But they've become more relevant than ever. We've got lines, see all the people with hatred in their eyes. I can't help thinking that it's only a disguise because underneath that core, there's got to be more than what we realize. Maybe they're scared to let the inside out. Maybe they're afraid to show what they're all about. So they put on a heavy front and hope that no one else can work them out. They're scared to show a little bit of emotion in case a little bit of emotion gives them away. It's a great message about getting in touch with their own emotions. And he references later in the song uh, a prostitute who will give you anything you want if you have the dough, but won't let you know the real her. And then he references a, quote, loony who actually may have all the answers, but we shut him out in case he shows a little bit of emotion. It's really a positive song about negativity. Or a negative song about negativity delivered in a positive way. I don't really know because the the meaning of the song is that we need to get more in touch with it with it but he's chastising us for not being in touch with our emotions it's a positive song that's uh, a call for us to be more empathetic and open and honest on one hand you have folks filled with hate but their hate isn't real hate it's misguided fear you know um they don't hate that person that they're yelling at because they genuinely hate them, they 
hate them. They they yell because they're they're afraid, and it's and it's a not understanding and a not coming to terms with their own emotions. They are not um, comprehending their own emotion, and so this this fear, this misunderstanding, this ignorance manifests itself as hate, but it's not really hate. It's all those other things. And then on the other hand, you have a crazy person, but his craziness isn't because he's nuts. This isn't a, a, an insane man walking the streets as much as it is a, a man who can't articulate how he feels. you know. And we put that stigma on him of being crazy because we don't want to have to face his emotions. The fact that this song came out in 1979 is another example of Ray being ahead of popular awareness on some important issues. And we talked about this with um, uh, a little bit of abuse. Right? He's kind of ahead of the curve on where we as a society are on some of these issues. And you could apply the message of this song to much of the unrest we're witnessing in the world right now which is both amazing when you think of it as a song that was written 40 years ago and depressing when you're talking about the fact of how little we've evolved with all this extra knowledge we have and all this extra understanding of how things work and how our minds work and how you know groups work. Um, the fact that, we, that this song is still relevant 40 years on is also depressing. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. This is one of those songs that whenever I hear it, I'm reminded of just how good a song it is. It wasn't released as a single because the A-sides were reserved more for the rockers from this album. But I think it could have been a top 40 hit when you place it next to acts like Jackson Brown, who were having success with songs and albums that had a similar tone and atmosphere. And I'm talking production quality. I'm not talking subject matter of the lyrics. I'm not talking about quality of the song. I'm just talking about the sound, the feeling of these recordings the actual recorded product um, could go right up, you know, head to head with some of these other acts that were like adult contemporary acts at the time. And maybe it was a conscious effort not to go that route, you know, because they were a hard rock touring band at this point. Um, so maybe a hit on adult contemporary would have been seen as p- potentially damaging to their hard rock. Uh, you know, arena rock touring act. It's a fine balance you've got when you're dealing with that. You want all the commercial success that you can get, but then sometimes chasing commercial success from this group will alienate the group that's already giving you their money. So do I chase more money and risk losing what I've got on this side? Who knows? You know, and maybe that was the thought process by not releasing this um, song as a single. But regardless, we talked about it with the Dave Davies song. This is all for a fan fiction of who knows what, when would have happened, you know. Um, at the end of the day, it wasn't a single, and uh, and but it's still a great song. And it's, a, and it's something for us to look forward to when we listen to low budget or, you know, just have our Kinks playlist on random. So that's that. That is a little bit of emotion. Tell me your thoughts on this song. I have a feeling this one is one that a lot of people have some thoughts on. You can call me at 925-494-1739. Email me, kinksandbeats at herohabit.com. 
uh, or join us over at the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash kinks and beats, where we can talk about it in, you know, in greater detail. All right. Thanks for listening. Again, swing by iTunes, five-star rating and review, please. And uh, I will see you next or talk to you next time. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes.